0: Easter is all about change and transformation. God took the worst possible situation, the death of his son, and he turned it all around and used it for good that changed the world. In fact, Easter changed history. Every time you write a date... April fourth, two thousand and twenty-one. What is it? Two thousand and twenty-one years from is from when Jesus, God, became man and gave His life for our sin. When we we divide time on this planet based on Easter. You have BC before Christ, AD is Latin for the year of our Lord. Every time you write out the date, you are pointing everyone to the most important event. In human history but more than that Easter is still changing and transforming lives like me like you like Morgan today the purpose of Easter is not for religious people so if you're all tatted up like Brent you're welcome if you're not a particularly religious person you're welcome. If you have no religious background, if you don't really feel that connected to God, congratulations. Easter is your holiday. Because Jesus did not come for religious people. In fact, think about it the religious people are the ones who hung him on the cross. Good grief. He couldn't care less about religion. Jesus is only interested in people having a relationship with their Heavenly Father through the forgiveness of their sins that he paid for. He is not interested in people having rituals and religion and rules and regulations. In fact, Jesus even said, I didn't come for the religious insiders. I came for the outlaws and the outsiders. Many of you look like some outlaws here today. (laughs) Easter is God's invitation to you. What's the invitation? To have a changed life. Transform life I want you to think about this morning what do you want to change what do you want to change about your life now maybe you're here and you kind of think that look I'm, I'm a pretty good person and maybe you are you think I've got a good life I've got a great family I've got a good career I'm a pretty nice person we live in a great place we live in Florida I've got it good and you're right I have no doubt you're probably a pretty nice person but it's nothing compared to through what you could be. You are only using a fraction of your God-given potential. You have barely scratched the surface of how good life could be and how good you could be. You're made for way more than you're living right now. Yes, you're good, but it's nothing compared to what it could be. And that's what Easter is all about. How to change from good to better. How to, how to change on the inside, not just the outside. And we're going to look at that today. If you've got your outline, I want you to open it up because I want you to jot a couple of things down about how to become a better person. Now, let me tell you how you don't become a better person. You don't become a better person by trying harder. We've all done that before. It's like, I'm going to try really, really hard I'm going to struggle. I'm going to do better. I'm going to make a resolution. That's not the way that it works. You cannot change by just focusing on the externals. You've got to focus on the internals. If you want to change, it starts in your mind. It doesn't start in your body or in your behaviors. It starts in the way you think. A lot of times we think, you know, if I want to change for the better if we could just change something external about us, that that will make a difference. Like if I change my hair, or if I change my clothes, or if I change jobs, or if I change where I live, I change the way I look, that will automatically change me on the inside. But it doesn't. Changing the externals will never change you. You've got to work on the inside. To become a better person, the Bible tells us we do three things, and this is really what Easter is all about. It's about change, change on the inside of us. God says, here's the first step, and that's why I want you to write this down. If I really want to be a better person, the very first step is I've got to open my mind to God's power. I've got to open my mind to God's power. We've got to change the way we think. Romans 12, 1, I keep telling you Romans 12 is one of the greatest chapters, probably the 15 great chapters of the Bible, Romans 12, has so much packed into it. And the very first verse of Romans 12 says, let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. We don't change by trying harder. The average New Year's resolution, you remember those? We didn't do any of those in 2020. (laughs) I mean, 2021 is like, yeah, don't even bother. Um, But remember back when we did resolutions, the average New Year's resolution lasts about two weeks. That's about how long willpower lasts. Because we try really hard, and we get tired, and we give up and quit. Or we try really hard again next year, and we get tired, and we give up. We change our life by changing the way we think and opening our mind to the possibility of God. The possibility that God exists. Opening your mind to the possibility that he might know everything about you, yet he still cares about you. Opening your mind to the possibility that God knows your problems, what you're going through, and that he could actually help you. Open your mind to the possibility that he has power that you don't have and that somehow you could tap into that power and make some changes in your life that you wish you could have made already, but you haven't been able to. You can't change on your own. It starts by opening your mind to the possibility that God is real, that he exists, that he loves you, and that he wants to help you. Now, many people think they're open-minded. In fact, just about everybody you interview, 100% of them will say, yeah, I'm open. Are you open-minded? Of course I'm open-minded. The most closed-minded person on the planet doesn't say, no, I'm closed-minded. They think they're open-minded. But most people think they're open-minded and they're not. They aren't. In fact, you just mention God in front of them and you watch them freeze up. They get that scared look on, like you just got off a spaceship or something. You know, you'll, you'll meet somebody sometime and they'll be kind of complaining. They'll be kind of talking to you about some problem they have in their life that seems impossible to fix. And they've got like, I've got this relationship with my girlfriend or with my husband or my, my wife or my kids. And it's just going south and I'm watching this relationship deteriorate or my marriage fall apart before my eyes. And I just feel so helpless to do anything about it. I just can't change what's happening in this relationship. So you say something like, well, have you tried praying about it? They look at you, you say, you know, have have, have you plugged into? have you talked to God about it to see if maybe he would help you out? And they give you this look like, what planet are you from? And they say things like, well, doesn't the Bible say that God helps those who help themselves? No, that's Ben Franklin. Not God. It's not St. Benjamin, okay? Uh, There's a Benjamin in the Bible, but he's like in the Old Testament, wasn't a saint um so no the bible doesn't say god helps those who help themselves the bible says the opposite the bible says god helps those who trust in him when they don't know what they're going to do god helped those who quit trying to do it on their own and who let him work in their lives so it's a matter of trust many People are far away from the life of God. Ephesians 4.18 says they wander far from the life God gives because they have closed their minds and hardened their hearts against them. The reason why they don't understand God is because they've closed their minds and we've got to open our mind to the possibility of God. If there's ever going to be any real lasting change in our lives, it will be because God, we allow God to intervene. We've got to open it up. So what causes people to close their minds off to God anyway? Well, there are several things. Hurt. Hurt is one of the things that can cause us to close our minds off to God. If we've ever been hurt by a Christian or a so-called religious person, if we've ever been hurt by, by churchy type people, The typical reaction is, you know, if that's how God's people are, then forget you, God. I don't want anything to do with you if these are your people. Now, it's kind of dumb to blame God for what people do anyway. But sometimes we get hurt by people, and one of our reactions is to close off our mind to God. Another thing that can cause us to do this is pride. Pride can cause you to close your mind off to God. I don't want to be open to God. I want to be God in my life. I want to run my life. It's my life. I'll do what I please. There's a teenager in all of us. Right? Forget you, God. This is my life. I'm going to do it my way. Right? Sinatra, Elvis, you name it. I'm going to make my own choices in life. So pride and ego causes us to close our minds off to God. Fear. Fear's another one. I'm afraid to open my mind to God. You know what I'm afraid? Of? I'm afraid He'll turn me into one of these religious nutcases like I see on TV sometimes. I'll become a fanatic. Like the guy on TV with the big hair and all the hairspray and the flashy jewelry and all the weird furniture. And they, they say, Jesus. And it takes them an hour to say it. And you feel like, I'm not, I won't be normal anymore. You know, I'll be some kind of goofy religious nutcase. So fear can cause us to close our mind off to God. But if we really want to change, we've got to open up our minds. What is it that seems impossible to change in your life? You got a bad habit? You got an addiction? Do you say, you know, I, I just can't control my anger? Now, I, I wish I could be more patient, but I'm not. I wish I didn't exaggerate so much, but I do. I wish I were more self disciplined. I just can't do it. Do you have a relationship that's falling apart? You've worked and worked and worked on it. It doesn't seem to make any difference. Fill in this this blank in this sentence in your own mind. I don't think I'll ever be able to fill in the blank. I don't think I'll ever be able to get married. I don't think I'll ever be able to get remarried. Or I don't think I'll ever be able to forget that person who hurt me and forgive them. I don't think I'll ever get over the hurt. I don't think I'll ever have a fresh start. I don't think I'll ever be able to fulfill the dream that I've had. You think like that because you're looking at your situation from your point of view instead of looking at it from God's point of view. From human perspective, you have a lot of evidence and a lot of experience that tells you that your life, changing your life, is impossible. You've tried, you've tried, you've tried. If you could change, you would have changed. But you can't, so you won't. And you try, and then you go back. And you try, try, and then you go, go back. But if you were to look at it from God's perspective... God has power that you don't have. And when you open your mind to the power of God, God can do incredible changes in your life that you never thought possible. Now, you might be good where you are right now. You could be a lot better with God's power in your life. Because you were made for more than this. Don't take my word for this. Ephesians The Bible, Ephesians chapter 1, another great chapter of the Bible, by the way, 19 through 20, says, I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe him. This is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead. Get this, the same power, the resurrection power that raised Jesus from the dead 2,000 years ago, that same power, it's the greatest power in the universe, is available to those of us who believe, who are believers. God wants to use that power to change your life. Look, if God has the power to raise the dead, to raise a dead person, then God has the power to raise a dead marriage or dead relationship. If God can raise a dead person, He can raise a dead career. If God can raise someone from the dead, He can raise a dead dream. God can do anything, just like all the songs we've sang about this morning. But here's the key there's one word in that verse. Circle the word understand. It says, I pray you'll understand the incredible, understand the incredible greatness of God's power. If you really want to change your life for the better, it starts with a new understanding, it starts with a new perspective. It starts with opening your mind to the power of God. It starts with changing your mind. If we want to be a better person, step number one, we've got to open our mind to the power of God. Here's the second step. I've got to open my heart to God's grace. I open my heart to God's grace. First, our mind to God's power. Second, our heart to God's grace. What is grace? Well, grace is such a multifaceted term there is no one definition of it. In fact, I taught for 10 weeks one time on grace, and we just just scratched the surface to what grace means. But one of my favorite definitions of grace is grace is when God gives us what we need and not what we deserve. That's grace. Grace is when God gives us forgiveness even when we don't ask for it and we certainly don't deserve it. That's grace. Grace is when God says, come home, my child. I'm not mad at you. God's not mad at you. He says, come home. That's grace. Grace is God forgi- is when God forgives us and then he gives us a second chance and a third chance and a fourth chance and a hundredth chance and a thousand chances to start over. That's grace. Grace is the power that God gives us to do the changes in our life that we can't do on our own. We all need grace. So we need to open our hearts to the grace of God. You see, we don't normally experience grace from other people. But God shows us grace 24 hours a day. The next breath that we're going to breathe is only available because of the grace of God. He gives it to us. We have nothing without God's grace, nothing, no, zip, zilch, all, nada. If it were for God, you wouldn't even be alive today. Everything we have in life is the gift of God. Now, I know you might say, wait, 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 Jerry, I earned everything. I worked hard. I earned everything that I've got. Where do you think you got the ability to work hard? Who do you think gave you a brain to think with? Health to be able to produce and work. Hands, feet, your mind, everything you have. You wouldn't even be alive today if it weren't for the grace of God. Literally every single thing in our life is because God is good and he gives us what we need, not what we deserve. This is the grace of God. Now sometimes we don't understand this. But the Bible says that God wants to shower His grace upon us. Ephesians 1.8 says, God has showered upon us the riches of His grace, for He understands us and He knows what is best for us at all times. God understands us better than we understand ourselves. I quit trying to understand people's motives about things. Have you? I quit trying to understand people's motives. I can't even understand my motives half the time. But God knows you. He knows what makes you tick. He's watched every moment of your life. He saw you knit and put together in your mother's womb. He's watched you take your first breath, your first step, your first day of kindergarten. He knows everything you've ever had, everything you've ever Said, good, bad, or ugly, he's seen it all. And he still loves you unconditionally. That's called grace. God knows what's best for you. Even when you don't know what's best, he knows what's best. You see, sometimes we think, people think that they need to help God out in his grace. They need to help out God. It's like the guy who bought his wife a gift one year. To top all gifts, he bought her a one-year cleaning service, maid service for a whole year to help clean up the house. She hated it. And he grew to hate it too. Because every Tuesday morning, you can relate to this, every Tuesday morning they had to get up and pick up the entire house before the maids came over. And he's like, tell me the logic of this. He says, I'm paying people to come over and clean my house, but we've got to get up before they get here and clean up the whole house. Pick up the house. And she's like, well, honey, I don't want people to think we're slobs. And he's like, but they're going to do this. We don't have to help them. And I think he's like, everybody already knows we're slob. But a lot of people do that with God. They think, you know, before I can open my life up to God, I've got to get my act cleaned up. I can't come to God because there's so much mess in my life. I can't come to God the way I am. He'll think I'm a slob. Before I can really accept God's grace in my life, Pastor, i got to get my act together. I've got to make sure all the bad things are out of my life, or at least locked in the closet real, real tight. And i then not going to get all the good things or add some good things and line them all up, get my ducks in a row. Wrong. God says, no, no, no. You come to me. Bring the good, the bad, and the ugly, ugly, ugly. The embarrassing stuff. The stuff you're ashamed of. The stuff nobody else knows about. You bring it all to me and we'll work on it together. We'll change these things together. You say, but Jerry, you just don't know what I've done. You're right, I don't know. I don't know what you've done, but God knows. He knows every single thing you've ever done. He knows every single thing you've ever thought. And his response, it doesn't matter. Romans 3.22, we are made right with God by placing our faith in. In Jesus Christ. And this is true for everyone who believes. No matter who we are. God says he will accept us. He will acquit us. He will declare us not guilty. He will place Christ's righteousness on our account. He will place us in Christ. Where he no longer sees our sins ever again. If we will place our faith in Jesus Christ to take away our sins, we can all be saved. And in the same way by coming to we're all saved the same way by coming to Christ. No matter who we are or what we've done. Don't aren't you grateful for the last phrase of that verse? This is true for everyone who believes, no matter who we are. God says we can have his grace. But I don't care what your religious background is, you may be Catholic, you may be Protestant. You may be Jewish or Buddhist or Baptist or a Heinz 57 of all those things, or none of those, those things. God says it doesn't matter because he's not interested in religion anyway. He's only interested in you having a relationship with him. And he says you can come to him no matter who you are and no matter what you've done. No matter how many tats you have against you, God says it doesn't matter. The fact is all of us have blown it. There's not a person here in this worship center or in the pavilion or even watching online that bad a thousand. We've all blown it. I have. You have. We've all made mistakes. I don't measure up to my own standard, much less the standards of a holy God. I'm disappointed in myself. We've all made mistakes. God says, look, I want to erase your guilt. I want to wipe out the things like Morgan said—a clean slate. That's called grace. This is the etch-a-sketch verse of the Bible. Do y'all remember etch-a-sketches? You have to tell your teenagers what they are. They're like a—they're uh, like caveman Game Boy. Okay, I mean, you would take these two little knobs and you could draw this little picture. And we all have these grandiose ideas because of the. TV commercial that kind of lies, and and you and you and you draw this this stick figure thing, and even with our limited uh, imagination, it, it, it looks terrible. But it's etch a sketch. You flip it over, shake, 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 clean slate. Hours of entertainment if you grew up in the '70s. <laughs> Seconds of entertainment today, right? Have you ever felt that way about your life? Like, you're trying really hard. You're trying to make this life look like what you envisioned it would look like. Again, from those lies from TV. Oh, we're going to look like this, happily ever after. You pick it, white picket fence. And you work so hard, it's just not turning out right. And God says, hold on, let let me have that. Shake, 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 clean slate. Now let me help you. You see, a thousand years ago, before you were even born, God knew you would be sitting in a church in Sanford, Florida on Easter Sunday in the middle of a pandemic so that he could get you still long enough to get your attention and say to you, you matter to me. I love you. I've seen everything that's gone on in your life, and you can start over. And this time, I'll help you. This time it's going to be different. It's not just you trying harder under your own power to be a better person. It's this time I'm going to help you. I'm going to help you draw the picture of your future. Some of you, you're up in age. But with God's help, it is never too late to start over. In fact, no matter how old you are, the rest of your life can be the best of your life. Because God says, I want to help. So how do you get God's grace? Ephesians two eight says, God saved you by His grace when you believed. Not when you tried harder, when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. It is His idea. You will never earn God's grace. You will never deserve God's grace. You will never be good enough for God's grace. You can't buy God's grace. Nobody can. It is simply a gift from God because of his love. His forgiveness. His help to change. All we do is we humbly accept it. That's our part. To be humble and to accept. James 4, 6-8 through 8 says, God gives grace to the humble. So say a quiet yes to God. And he will be there in no time. I hope you'll do that in this service. I hope you'll say a quiet yes to God. Yes, God, I want to open my mind to your power. Yes, God, I want to open my heart to your grace. And if you do that, you'll never be the same again. You will see changes in your life that you never thought possible. A transformation will take place if you do that. It will make an incredible difference because God's grace changes everything. You want to change? You want to be different? You want to be better? Yes, you're good, but you could be better. Well, first, you open your mind to God's power, the possibility that He loves you, that He exists, that He wants to help you. Second, you open your heart to God's grace, that He wants to forgive you and give you a fresh start. Then there's the third thing, the clincher. I open my life to God's love. Open my life to God's love. No one will ever love you more than God does. He loves you unconditionally. It's not based on anything you do. He loves you because He made you. In fact, He created you to love you. And He created you to know and to love Him back. That's what He made you for. And Jesus proves how much God loves you by coming and dying on the cross. He says, God loves you this much. Even before you ever knew it, before you ever understood it, Jesus died for you. Ephesians 3, 16 to 19 says, I love this, these verses. Paul writes, I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down deep into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. And may you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. That's my prayer for you today, this Easter. That you will experience the love of God. Not that you'll just know it in your mind. You've probably heard before that God loves you. You've heard those words. But so what if... If it's only in your mind and you don't experience or feel God's love, then you won't be changed or transformed. It's only when you experience it, when you feel it, the love of God then changes. He starts the transformation process. Open your life to God's love so that you can feel it. Now, if you don't get anything else I say today, I hope that you will get this next sentence. It's the most important thing that I'm going to say. It's the key. It said you were made by God and you were made for God. And until you understand that, life does not make sense. I wrote it down in your outline. It says, I was made by God and for God. And until I understand that, life is never going to make sense. You were made by God and you were made for God. To have a relationship with Him. And unless you understand that, life will never make sense to you. You were not put on this earth just to go to school, get a job, make a bunch of money, retire... And go into the dirt. You were not put on this earth to use up a bunch of resources, suck up a bunch of oxygen, leave a big carbon footprint, and then die. No. You were made to have an eternal relationship with God that far outlasts even this life. Has God been trying to get your attention? I think so. That's why he brought you here today. So that he could just get you to stop this Easter, long enough, sits still long enough so that he could ask me to communicate to you what he's been wanting to tell you. And that is, your Heavenly Father wants to say, you can start over. I love you, and I'm here to help you. Easter gives us the power to start over. Jesus gives us the power to keep on going. He gives us the power to change To be changed and to be transformed. The bottom line is Easter is not about Easter baskets and egg hunts and chocolate bunnies. Easter is really about a personal, intimate, internal change in me and you. And if you miss that, you miss the whole purpose. It's about a change in me and you. So we're going to close the service in prayer. And I'm going to pray a prayer like the one that I prayed many years ago when I stepped across the line of faith and I became a child of God. When I said, God, I know about you, I know you exist, but I want to know you. I want to get to know you. And I prayed a prayer that changed my life. Now, the prayer that I'm going to pray, that I'm going to invite you to follow me in and praying, you don't have to say these same words. The the real words you use don't matter as much as the direction of your heart. Am I placing my faith in Jesus' payment on the cross for my sins or not? But as I pray this prayer, if these are, in fact, you don't even have to say the words. You can just say, me too, or yes. You can say a gentle yes to God today. As I'm praying these these words, you can say, you know what Jerry's saying, God? Yeah, me too. Yeah, me me too. Yes, a gentle yes. And take that first step towards him. Let's pray. As we bow our heads and close our eyes, first I'm going to pray for you, and then you can follow me in a prayer. Father, there are people here today or watching online who've never begun a relationship with you. They know about you, they know you exist, but they haven't really gotten to know you personally. So today I pray that this Easter, you'll give them the courage to open their minds and their hearts and their lives to you. Now you pray. Here's a fresh start with God prayer. You just pray this prayer. You just say it in your own mind or just say yes. Dear God, I'd like a fresh start in my life. I don't want to stay the same. There are things in my life I know need changing. So as much as I know how, I want to open my mind to your power And my heart to your grace. Thank you for loving me. And for forgiving me. I don't understand it all. But I thank you for sending your son Jesus to die for my sins. Help me to understand that more. Jesus Christ. I want to open my life to your love. And your grace. And your power to change. I want to get to know you. So I invite you to be the manager of my life from this day forward and to start making the changes that i want and that you want in my life. And i want to learn to trust you. thank you jesus in your your name i pray. amen. hello. so glad you could join us online for another incredible easter sunday. Hey, if you'd like to get in on our church-wide transformation study, head on over to our website and click sign up on the home page. So go to SeminoleChurch.com and click sign up. There you can pick the day of the week that works best for you, and you can even indicate whether you want to meet in person or online. There's options for everyone. So thanks again for being with us. I hope that you have a great rest of your Easter weekend. See you next week. Bye.